0: Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial.
1: Member of FINRA SIPC. On today's Get Ready for the Future show, Everybody Wants It. And everyone wants to know the secret. Today, the five traits of successful wealth builders. What does it take to become financially independent? We'll break it down on Arkansas's longest-running financial talk show.
0: This is the Get Ready
1: for the Future show. Welcome in all across the great state of Arkansas. John Shrewsbury sitting in for the Scott Inman. He is back next week. I, yes. I know the listeners will be much relieved that uh, the pro will be <laughs> back. Scott's
2: back. Pro will be
1: back on the mic. And uh, today we had to bring in uh, the the uh, the special relievers that you know the, in baseball. I've been watching yeah. a lot of baseball with the Arkansas Razorbacks in the in the uh, World Series uh, that brief appearance that they had in the World yeah. Series. Yeah. Uh, but we we've got the star relievers here. We have. Chad Roller uh, from our Bryant office. Uh, Chad, good morning. In. Good morning. I get to
3: sit in Scott's seat today, so wow. I feel
1: extra special. Man, and then down south, Charlie Skinner making a a once in a blue moon appearance on the Get Ready for the Future show. Charlie, how are things? How are Thank things in South me. Arkansas?
4: They are good. Very rainy and nasty this morning.
1: Well, we know that uh, uh, that that will change in South Arkansas in a quick hurry because the weather always changes in South That's right.
5: Arkansas. right. Absolutely. We're
1: going to talk today about uh, some change in your life. We're going to talk a little bit about how you can uncover the secrets To building wealth. And Janet, it's really not a secret. A lot of people run around thinking that, oh, what's the secret to somebody building wealth? It's really not a secret. It's more of a discipline. It is is an elusive discipline, but it is a discipline.
5: You know, I I go back to uh, Art Williams. You and I both have a, a lot of respect for him in the industry and his phrase, and he still gets called to do public speaking on this, and it's just do it. Yes. You know, you actually have to take action. Don't look for all the super secrets, but take some action.
1: Absolutely. And so we're going to dive in today on the five traits of successful wealth builders. These traits aren't something that you're born with. They're actually something that you develop. And I know Charlie Skinner has uh, been a friend of mine for a while now. And uh, Charlie, uh, I, I like what Charlie brings to the Get Ready for the Future show and to the uh, team here at Gen yes. Wealth because Charlie has a little bit of a, of a healthy skeptic about him when it comes to investments. Charlie, I know when we're looking at investment. Investments uh, that we're going to include in our clients' portfolio. Uh, you use that skepticism to really uh, dive in and try to uncover what's really going on with an investment, right? And and
4: sometimes it gets me in trouble because I'm always looking for the the thing that's wrong with it, as opposed to the things that are good with it. Um, but overall, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm trying to make sure that we understand the ins and outs. And each investment,
1: and, and I think that's something that that healthy investors need to know. We are, we pride ourselves, Chad, on education. Education is the key. Now we don't expect people to be investment experts, but we do think that they should have a healthy
3: curiosity about what's what's a- happening. Absolutely. And and when you know a lot of times when you go in and you just first meet someone, they come into the office and they they do have a healthy uh, skepticism about themselves, but it, typically it's about you. And who they're sitting across on the table from? It's not really about the investments or anything. It's kind of their, yeah. the past. Their past experiences have led them to this skepticism about who am I actually sitting in front of them, and they do they have my best interest. So sometimes there is both sides of that. There there are good healthy skepticisms yeah. in investments, but then also sometimes people uh, are are often uh, just skepticism about who is providing that information to
5: them. And, and I would say that's the case more often if they've had a previous investment experience with an advisor, you know, just outside of a 401k. But if they're coming in where the only experience they've had is maybe in their retirement plan at work, then they're more skeptical about the investments because that's the feature that is new. That's what they're most concerned about. So let's talk about what it means to be skeptical. Whether it's about the person or whether it's about the investments themselves, number one, I I would say that they're curious. You know they, they want to understand what's going on, and so they're going to seek to have more information. And Charlie, this is where you, you play a very important role for us in terms of being skeptical about the investments that we might use for our clients. And then moving forward, though, because they're skeptical and they're, they're curious, they've dug into the details, that means that when some of those downsides actually occur, because they've looked into it to say, hey, what could go wrong? here, when those things do happen, when you have a pullback in whatever investment it might be, they're not as upset about it because they already knew that that was a possibility.
1: When I think about this, guys, I think about uh, a story that I heard from our research team a number of years ago. And I was just amazed by this, that I I didn't know this was happening at the time. But along about 2010, 2011, I heard one of our research people say about another person on their team, yeah, yeah. He was the guy that actually called us off of an investment with Bernie Madoff. Yes. And they did it because of healthy skepticism. Bernie Madoff came to LPL Research, as I understand it, and basically said, hey, look at these great returns that I'm getting. Don't you guys want to put some money with my firm? And so our research team, as they normally do, they have a process that they call a due diligence process. And they went through that due diligence process. And the gentleman that was actually doing that due diligence process at the time came back and said... I don't understand how he's doing what he says he's doing. I think we better hold off on this because I don't really know what's happening, but I smell a rat. And a few weeks later, all of a sudden, the Madoff scandal erupted across the country.
5: So on the surface, it looked good. But Chad, one of the characteristics of a healthy skeptic is to pick up every rock and look under it and to consider what those pros and cons really are.
3: Yes. and, And ask questions. Yes. And that, you know, being the, you know, that is one of the traits is ask questions and keep asking questions until you understand it. Because, Charlie, I, I, I know you're, you're much like me in this, is to work with a client that is educated and asks questions and is curious about what we're doing, it makes for a much healthier experience uh, both, both for both sides of the table.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. And we want clients to ask those questions because, you know, when the market takes a turn, we want you to know how that investment could react and if you're prepared for that market, that investment to go down significantly you know exactly how that's going to work and it's not as big of a, of a shock to you at that point in time.
1: Well, if you've met with a financial advisor and you're skeptical about the recommendations, we can help with that. I think that there's a, there's always a good that comes from a second opinion. Here's what we can do. We can take the time to educate you about uh, our customized financial plan and, and what that really means. Most people invest money without a plan and that just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Uh, you've got to know what this what the purpose of this money is.
5: Chad, you and I had the opportunity with another advisor as well to to talk with some people who came in uh, where their past investment experience had been exactly that just investments, not a plan, just investments. Now, it happened to all be put together in a notebook for them, but it was still just investments and not a plan that determined what those investments needed to be. And so they walked in the door with a a very healthy level of skepticism. And I understand that. But as we began to talk through the concept of planning first and products later, there, there began to be a little bit of a mindset shift. And so if you're skeptical, about investing, maybe it's because you haven't seen the right approach yet. An approach, what I mean by the right approach is an approach that is built for you.
1: And I think that there is, uh, you know, a lot of skepticism that's generated by a sales pitch. You know, people generally, you know, intuitively know when they're getting pitched something, but when they see that there is a process and when they see that there is a plan behind that process, then they begin to recognize, okay, things are actually moving in my best interest, in my best direction, so I can find the best path. To my retirement, We're going to continue the discussion about the five traits of successful wealth builders here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Coming up next, Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist with LPL Financial. He's going to join us from Fort Mill, South Carolina, back in just a moment.
0: More wisdom from Arkansas's most listened to financial talk show is just around the corner after the break. Stay tuned.
2: life can be so busy it's hard to even picture retirement that's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality plan personalize and protect your future with the team at genwealth call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment now back to the get ready for the future show
0: investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing.
1: Each week on the fastest four minutes of investing, we try to bring you some insights about what's going on in the world of the markets and the economy. Ryan Dietrich is actually going to do that on the Get Ready for the Future show following this segment. So today we want to really talk about what all of that stuff that Ryan's going to tell you, how that actually applies to you and your personal finances. Because Janet, at the end of the day, it's all kind of noise unless you can answer the question, so what?
5: Yeah, you're exactly right. This is about the so what. So you're going to get all those details, but how do you apply it? What really matters to you? And I'll tell you, John, let's address first of all, one of the mistakes that so many people make in their finances, and that is letting emotions make their decision. The the two, Most dangerous emotions in investing are fear and greed it happens all the time and the result is never a good thing
1: that's right and when you think about where we are in the economy and the markets there is beginning to be a lot of noise we've got the 2020 election coming up we've got trade we've got china we've got mexico we've got immigration you you name it we we've yeah. got iran you know we've got this right. you know a little bit of a, a whisper of a, maybe a battle coming up with iran over the the whole nuclear thing uh, Janet, uh, fear is one of those things that can really. Blow up your retirement, and you've got to overcome fear with preparation.
5: You absolutely do, and you've got to stay focused through it. I think that's critical. I heard Dave Ramsey on a podcast recently, and he got to interview a professional football player, just talking with a professional football player. And this guy is a receiver. So since he was six years old, all he's been doing is catching a football. And Dave asked him, Hey, how do you drop the ball when it hits your numbers? I mean, this is all you do all your life, and you get paid $10 million to do it. How do you drop the ball? What's that about? And what it boiled down to, I thought this was so wise, what it boiled down to was fear and greed. And Uh you don't think about that in football, and people, unfortunately, don't really think about it in investing. But he said, you know, when you hear the footsteps of a Mack truck coming toward you and you know, okay, I'm about to catch the ball, but this dude's about to hit me and I'm going to be on ice for the next four days because I'm going to be hurting from this. You get distracted, yes. you lose focus. So that's fear. And then when you get out in the open and there's nobody, you're just wide open and you're ready to catch that ball and you know you got two steps into the end zone, it's greed. Yes. And you, you you just take your eyes off the ball for that split second. People do it and we go, what? how do they miss that? investors do the same thing. You've got to focus through fear and greed. I was just about to say that focus is, and losing
1: focus is the result of both those things, fear and greed. And so the focus that you want to have is on your plan. If you don't have a plan, you need to be focused on getting a plan because people who have a plan, it's been demonstrated in study after study, people who have a plan and work through that plan Generally, do better in their outcomes of their retirement and their investing than the folks that just wing it. You've got to stop winging it. You cannot go into retirement just simply winging it. Retirement is serious business and that calls for a serious plan. At Gen Wealth, we call it the ready to retire process. And that's the way you kind of deal with all the noise that's going on out there that may be, you know, the crisis of the day, whatever that may be. There's always these reasons to be fearful, but there's only one. One thing that you really want to be focused on is that is reaching the outcomes that you want for your retirement. And that's how you make it through all the noise that's about to happen in the economy and the markets. That is the fastest four minutes of investing. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment.
0: If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show.
1: We are always excited to have Ryan Dietrich, the Chief Market Strategist with LPL Financial, on the line with us. Good morning, Ryan. Good to see you again.
2: Good morning, John, and good morning, Janet. Thank you, guys. For it's always it goes so fast, right? I'm back. It's been a month already, but yeah. I'm honored to be back. Thank you.
1: Well, we're really excited about the fact, Janet, that we're going to have Ryan as our live in person guest at yes. a special event uh, for GenWealth uh, clients. And get ready for the future show, listeners. So uh, be sure to put a little flag on September. I believe it's September 12th. I'm. Uh, we'll get back with you on that yeah. firm date, but uh, early September, we're going to have Ryan Dietrich live and in person here in Little. Rock for a a market update. And I'm assuming that you guys will be uh, really focused in on uh, this time of year that we're really keeping an eye on these days.
2: Uh, you're right, John. I mean, there's, first off, I am really excited to be in person down in Arkansas and see you guys and see the team and see your clients. You're such a great partner. I love coming on with you every month, so it'll be a blast. But you're right, a, I, mean, I hope we have something to talk about in September, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, John, there's just so many different things going on. But, you know, one thing we're doing right now at LPL Research next, this Monday, so that'd be June 24th, we're releasing our mid-year outlook. So we, we can kind yeah. of talk about that on this call here a little bit, where we see the rest of the year going, but... But, you know, bottom line is, hey, we've had a good rally, right? S&P's up about 14%, 15% for the year. We still have that 3,000 fair value target on the S&P. We've had that all year. We still think that's to play. The economy's weakening a little bit. The Fed's got its things going on. We can talk about all that stuff. But the bottom line is we think this economy, the fundamentals are still strong and will continue to drive this economic expansion and uh, upward bull market, really.
1: Well, as we record this interview on a, on a Wednesday, yesterday, mm-hmm. the president came out and basically said, hey, things are going pretty well with China. And that was like a shock to everybody. And the markets took off. What's your take on, on what's happening there?
2: You're right, John. We haven't had much good news on the trade front with China for about three three or four weeks, really, it feels like. And yesterday, President Trump had that tweet that said he and President Xi are going to get together to G20 next week in Japan. President Xi also confirmed that and said that is true. So that that was just that spark that we needed to see, okay, good, we're finally talking again. Now the other thing that happened yesterday, though, Mario Draghi, the head of the ECB, he said they're going to continue to use uh, liquidity and try to get their economy going to get some inflation. So you had those two things took place yesterday on Tuesday and sparked a really good rally. Now the S&P is only about one percent from the high. But back to the China thing, you know, our stance has been we think you know the G20 we don't expect a resolution. We think it's going to be more like the fall, which is unfortunately longer than most of us thought it'd be at the start of this year. But hopefully they can just say we're talking again. You know, we're in the same room. We're trying to get something done. And That can be what the market needs to kind of feel comfortable about things once again and and kind of keep things afloat if you will Um, even though we've seen some little bit disappointing global economic data we still think a resolution with China can come in the fall and that can extend this nearly 10 year old economic cycle for the United States
5: so Ryan let's talk a little bit about the Fed as we roll through this interview at this point we're waiting on word from the Federal Federal Reserve about whether or not they're going to cut rates so we would assume that a rate cut might get delayed, if things are looking a little bit better on the trade front, what's the outlook from LPL Financial on that?
2: You're right, Janet. Let's hope we don't have an egg on the face here, but <laughs> our stance as of right now, a couple hours before the Fed, is they're not going to do anything, right? They're, they're What they're going to do is probably put the ball on the tee for potentially having a rate cut on July 31st, which is the next next meeting. And, and that's the big thing, because does the Fed really want to cut rates and say, okay, we've got this economic global economic slowdown, that there's some trouble going on, right ahead of a potential resolution to G20? Again, we don't expect a trade resolution then, but that could be the case. And when we take a look at kind of what's going on, we see a lot of similarities with kind of 1995 and right now. Think back to that point. In 94, the economy was really strong. The Fed was hiking rates. Then you had the Mexican Peso crisis. Some of the global economy slowed down. The Fed did two rate cuts in the middle of 95 and then that was a really good year for the stock market. The economy didn't do so well. Fast forward to right now, Stocks were down last year. Economy strong now. Economy is weakening. Fed was hiking. Now we might get a cut due to some of those bigger geopolitical concerns, specifically the China a trade dispute. And there's some similar you know, no two years, no two markets are ever the same. But we do see this kind of as an insurance cut, what you call it. In '95 and '98, we saw one also an insurance cut with the economy not in a recession. That could be, you know, a potential positive. We took a look back to 1920 after the first rate cut after a cycle of hiking you tend to have really good stock market gains going out the next year 6 months to a year so as long as the economy's not in a recession which we don't think it is this this uh, this potential rate cut in july could be um, you know positive for markets really
1: I want to shift to fixed income for just a second since we're talking about rates. You guys put out a dispatch earlier this week, I believe it was, that said basically to prepare for or brace for fixed income turbulence. Now, turbulence is not a word that you normally associate with fixed income. So what's behind all that?
2: That's right, John. So to keep this kind of simple for the listeners, Everyone knows what the VIX is, right? That's right. kind of the potential volatility in S&P 500. There's one called the Move Index, and that is potential volatility in the bond market and in interest rates. And with the Fed coming up, all this uncertainty, there's a lot of concern. I mean, the 10-year yield has been down around as we do this, about 20-month lows, just over two percent or so. And you know, a lot of various yields. There's over 12 trillion dollars of negative uh, yielding debt around the globe. Um, so when you when you kind of factor all those things together, it kind of makes sense to us. There's some concern. Our mid-year outlook, well, we still think the 10-year yield, yes, it's been lower this year. That's probably been the biggest surprise honestly coming into this year. The stock market's up a ton. We don't think, we don't think that's as surprising as a surprise drop in yield, specifically in the United States and around the globe. But we do think you know the 10-year yield can be up around 250 to 275 by the end of the year. So a little bit of a steepening of the yield curve, a little higher potentially higher uh, trending 10-year yield is kind of the camp that we're in uh, for the rest of this year is the economic data and the economy can continue to kind of improve a little bit, really, the second half of the year is how we see things playing out.
1: Ryan, you, uh, your counter, your counterpart, John Lynch, the chief investment strategist for LPL, said last week on CNBC that he isn't real comfortable with a market that is, as he put it, giddy about cheap money. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we were talking about rate cuts there again. What is your team concerned about here? And what are you doing in light of John's discomfort with this market that we're in?
2: Sure, John. So great question there. So you, I say S&P 500 target of 3,000. That's only about three and a half percent away from where we are right now. So what we've done in some of the models, of, models that we run, we've taken a little bit of risk off. We've moved to a little bit of fixed income recently because we think after a 25 percent bounce, well, let's th- go back to the fourth quarter. 20 percent drop in stocks in the fourth quarter from peak to trough. Then the 25 over 25 percent bounce to the upside. We think you know, hey, all these good things have been happening. Big bounce. It makes sense to us, that we're Probably going to have another well-deserved pullback sometime in these summer months, these historically tricky, troublesome summer months, into the fall. And again, when all said and done, we think 3,000 makes a lot of sense. It's just not going to be an easy ride. So to us, you know, the, like John said, the liquidity and some of the concerns that are out there after that big bounce, it makes sense. It's a little bit of a well-deserved correction. Makes makes a lot of sense to us, and that's and how we're positioning our models. Well, you know, again, we've taken a little bit of risk off, and the way John has discussed it with me, if we get another 10% correction in the S some P500 this year which we think can happen. You know, then we'll go a little bit more risk on because again we don't think this economic cycle is over. So, you know, just kind of a little bit of a, a move in some of the models and portfolios that we run is how we're we're kind of looking at things. But it's a whole globe, right? There's a lot of other opportunity. Emerging markets is one place that I know they've struggled recently on the trade dispute we still like emerging markets a lot. And in our portfolios, we're overweighting those just a little bit. And we think valuations, fundamentals, and technicals on emerging markets are still really strong relative to developed markets. That's one kind of play, even if you think the SP is only be up a few percent from here by end of the year. Emerging markets would be up really a lot more, in our opinion. And that's how we're positioning things.
5: And let's take a moment to divert from all the, the details about the markets and let's go a personal route for just a minute. We understand that you had the opportunity <laughs> to see a a celebrity in the elevator today. Tell us about that.
2: That's right. I'm on the fifth floor here in Fort Mill, South Carolina at LPL's main campus. And I was going down to the second floor to the studio where we're doing this interview and none other than Burt White, our chief investment (laughs) officer, walked in the elevator with me. I haven't seen Burt in a while. He traveled and I travel and we're both busy and Burt hired me. Burt hired me three and a half years ago to come on to the LPL research team. And So I got to talk to Burt for probably 15 seconds and I mentioned I'm coming on with Jen Wealth and he said, oh hey, tell him I said hi. And I jokingly said, you want to come on and say hi on the show? And he said, I've got a couple meetings, you know, Bert's pretty high up the chain. He's he's a busy guy, but Bert says hi and it was fun to touch base with him real fast and um you know, he's doing a lot of great things you know this company's growing so much since I've started and we you know great partnerships like with, with wealth and other places and it's just a lot of fun and with Bert's leadership on top it's you know hopefully the sky's the limit let's leave it at that so it was fun to see Bert for 10 15 seconds on the elevator today
5: our <laughs> yeah. listeners who may not recognize the name Bert white if they attended the workshop that we oh, yeah. had quite a <laughs> while back on how to survive an anaconda attack you will remember okay. Bert very well from that because, oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, he, and, he does not lack in presentation skills at all. <laughs> not at
1: all. Hey, Ryan, before we go, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. Let's uh, dive into the fundamentals, because uh, like LPO Research, we at GenWealth really believe in the fundamentals. We think that after all the noise has settled down in virtually any type of situation in the economy... Everything falls back to those basic things about the economy and what direction it's going. So are you guys, uh, I know you're watching it. What are you seeing now? Are we seeing things that might portend a little bit of of a step toward a recession? Where are the fundamental indicators at?
2: Sure, John. Well, the good news is we don't see a recession over the next 12 to 18 months with what we're looking at. You know, just take a look at what just happened last month. We saw some big jumps in consumer confidence, small business confidence. What's going to keep this economic cycle going is companies investing in themselves, capital expenditures. A report that came out last week saw seven-month highs in capital expenditures that are expected at businesses. So those are some good things that are there. The retail sales number we had was also good. So I know all this stuff about China is out there. But yet, the average consumer really doesn't seem to be too impacted by that. In fact, they're still spending money, and that's two, th- you know, consuming spending is two-thirds of the GDP. So those are those are some positives. But let's be honest. You know, there's two sides to every coin, right? The manufacturing data we've been seeing in the United States and globally is very, very weak. Now, why is that? Well, it's the trade disputes. So the manufacturing is not perfect at all. And again, that goes back to that 95 thing I was talking about. In 1995, the ISM manufacturing numbers were in the low 40s. To keep it simple, 50s, kind of that key level for expansion or subtraction and, and there was weak manufacturing in mid-1995 and that economy was slowing a little bit, got that rate cut and then kind of kept that economic expansion going for nearly six years. So to us when we see kind of what's going on right now, we see a little slowing, maybe we get that rate cut in July, hopefully we get a resolution with China and then that confidence can come back and can extend this business cycle so it's, it's believe me, this market's got something for everybody. Bond market seems to be freaking out stock market seems to be hanging tough. We still think the stock market's going to be right when all of Said and done, and the economy will continue this. What will be a record 10 year expansion, I guess, um, next month.
1: Very quickly, got about 30 seconds left on this. Are you at all concerned about credit quality in the bond market?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, when we talk about the bond market, the inverted yield curve, that's saying, hey, you know, the bond market's kind of freaked out. But when we look at credit spreads, John, on like high yield and investment-grade corporate credit spreads, those aren't nearly as spread out or as blown out as they've been previous times. So if the bond market's the smartest guys in the room, we like to look at the credit markets. And they're not really quite as worried here. And the way we're positioning our fixed income, we are buying a little higher quality credit. You know, if you don't think there's going to be a recession, you know, but if there's a slowdown, the higher quality credit's how we're positioning, a little shorter duration keeping it simple higher rates usually means lower bond prices so a shorter duration should be a little way to insulate that and that's kind of how we see things but the bond market to us doesn't suggest a recession even though some people say it does the credit markets say
1: otherwise he is ryan dietrich we are back on the get ready for the future show in just a moment
0: smarter simpler and more personal the get ready for the future show continues after this Meet the Gen Wealth team in person at our Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. For more information, visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events. Now back to the show.
1: All right, we are back on the Get Ready for the Future show. We have got Social Security workshops coming up. All throughout the summer months here at, in central Arkansas and in south Arkansas. I know uh, we're going to be in El Dorado with uh, Charlie Skinner coming up on July 30th at the El Dorado Conference Center, July 16th in Conway, and we've got another one right after that in West Little Rock. You can go to our website at GetReadyForTheFuture.com and uh, check out all of those events wherever you are across the state of Arkansas. There's one probably near you. And Charlie, I know that you've got a bunch of folks in south Arkansas that really do need to be educated about uh, the ins and outs of social security
4: yeah it's it's one of those you don't know what you don't know things there's so many different ways that you can claim social security so we definitely think it's in everyone's best interest to come out and pack the house for the for that event on this on uh, the 30th
1: the uh, workshops that we present here at Gen Wealth are always free. We don't believe you ought to be paying for information that you really have to have to really be able to retire. And so, come to one of our uh, absolutely free workshops. Stephanie Smith is our our speaker for these workshops. Janet, she is a Social Security expert. She spent right. twenty seven years in the system,
5: and you know she's also had the opportunity now to be on the Gen Wealth team and observe how we uh, utilize social 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 Security plans to implement that with the rest of their investment plan. And so that has helped tremendously to have that combination of knowledge of Social Security and then how it gets implemented with the rest of everybody's financial plan.
1: We are studying the five traits of successful wealth builders on the Get Ready for the Future show today. If you missed the first segment, uh, we talked about having a healthy skepticism about uh, investments and things of that nature. And that's something that we bring to the table here at Wealth. So you don't have to be an investment expert. We go through that process along with our partners at LPL Research to kick the tires on investments before we actually present them to you. Now, the next trait that we want to talk about is status and self-worth indifference. Now, that sounds a little strange, but but what does that really mean, Janet?
5: It's a good, healthy dose of I don't care. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses. I'm not defining myself by what everybody else is doing. That is so important to win this race financially. You know, Dave Ramsey's line is live like nobody else so that later you can live like nobody else. And so you have to not care what everybody else thinks in order to do that.
1: Charlie, I know that this is something that you have committed to in your own personal financial life and is that, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be laser beam focused on my goals regardless of what might be going on.
4: Right. And it's all about getting dialed in for the short period of time. So later on, you can enjoy living the way that you want to live later on. And it definitely bleeds over into clients and you can see it. You can, it, oftentimes it's the guy that walks in, no offense, in his overalls or coveralls or camouflage shirt and torn up jeans that pulls a $2 million statement out of his back pocket. Yeah, um, Just because he's living like no one else and taking making those sacrifices so later on he can live the way that he wants to live.
1: So, Chad, let's break that down for just a second. Let's talk about what do you got to do to be able to do that? What's the
3: commitments that you really have to have? I think you said that the word there is commitment. And that if without commitment, it's very easy to jump on and off the bandwagon on this one. Because the next newest, greatest thing, uh, people around you are all the time going to be moving, changing. Things are going to be happening. You know, society is all around us. We're in it each and every day. Things are uh, changing constantly. And the new fads, whatever it may be, you've got to keep that personal commitment to know what your goals are, and what you've got to do to get there. And that in itself, that commitment to saying, I have personal goals, I know where I'm going myself, no matter what's going on around me, that's what will keep you on track to stay out of that status quo. I think it's interesting if you think about
1: the wealthiest people that we've seen in in our generation, let's say. uh, Sam Walton drove Mm -hmm. an old pickup truck. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Warren Buffett drives a used car. Yeah. And these people could buy car companies, you know, they could, they could buy easily, easily buy car dealerships with their spare change, but they did not succumb to this status symbol. I think about people that, that are in the, in the fake it till you make it type uh, road, you know, they, they have to have, they get a little bit of money. And they go and stretch out and get that, that sleek new vehicle or they go get that McMansion and you walk in and it doesn't have any furniture in the thing or whatever. <laughs> they're sitting on boxes or whatever because they're conscious about their image. It's this consumerism thing that really gets people caught up. And Charlie, every dollar that gets diverted from uh, your goals by that consumeristic thought process, those are dollars that can't go to work for you down the road.
4: Right, and and I found something really interesting on this topic. I was researching it the other day. Uh, the Dave Ramsey group they did a they did a research study on millionaires, yep. and it mm-hmm. was the largest research study they've ever done on millionaires. You know what their traits are, exactly how they spend money, how they invested, and all that good fun stuff that we enjoy just analyzing. Um, but they analyzed ten thousand individual um, clients or consumers, and they found out that even people that that were living on less than they made continue to live on less they made after they became a millionaire and were yes. financially independent. It was 94% of people still lived on less than what they made after they hit millionaire status. So that's huge. It's 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 a mindset.
5: You know, one of the, the characteristics that we're, we're talking about in this status and self-worth indifference really is, is another characteristic on the list, and that is patience. When you talk about continuing to live below your means – that is indicative of a person who has patience. And again, again, that's another character trait that we find very commonly in successful wealth builders. They are patient people.
1: Well, do you, do you know anybody that is just naturally patient? Is that really something that is a <laughs> is a human characteristic, or is that something that has to be refined? Is that something that has to be developed over time? It,
5: it is It is definitely a virtue that is developed, not a characteristic with which you're born. I mean, how many patient babies have you seen in your life? <laughs> when they're hungry, they're going to tell you about it. When they need a diaper change, they're going to tell you about it. And we we teach them to be patient because it's more convenient for us as parents if they are patient. Patient, right. Yeah. But you think about the benefits that that gives you as an adult, as you grow up. If you are patient with your investments, you're more likely to stick to the plan.
1: And Charlie, I think we're our own worst enemies sometimes with this, but with, with our technology, where it is technology today is not doing anything to help us build patience because it's way too easy to jump around.
4: Yeah, you can, you can pick up your cell phone and you may have 15 or 20 different notifications about the next best thing at any point in time. Um, I think the best way to mitigate that is just having that accountability partner, um, whether it's your spouse or whether it's your advisor, somebody to help you build that plan and then stick to that plan.
1: Charlie talked about a plan, Chad. That is really the fundamental pl- starting place. Before you start throwing money at any investment, you need to know what you're doing.
3: Yes. And sometimes we have clients that come in and they say, Hey, I'm ready to invest. I'm ready to invest. And sometimes we have to say, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to go slow in order to go fast, right? right. Because there may be some fundamental things that mm-hmm, they're not doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, before they jump into that investment. Now, being eager to invest and being eager to save is a great thing, but having the patience and sticking to the plan and developing a plan will will be, be very benefit over the long term.
5: Having a plan is a fundamental part of the Gen Wealth ready to retire process. If if you don't have a plan, I would challenge you on whether or not you are truly ready to retire what is your plan? What? How much money are you going to need to have in retirement every month? How much money are you going to want to have? Where are you going to live? Is your mortgage going to be paid off? Are you still going to have a car payment? There are lots of questions, and those are very basic ones that I've just thrown out. There are lots of questions to consider, and it's important to have that conversation early rather than late. You know, I, I met just this past week with people who are in their, in their early 50s, and we're talking about wanting to retire in their early 60s. And so we've got like a decade. Well, on current pace, the house is not going to be paid off, but it can be. And so if we plan for that, how much of a difference does that make in their retirement if that's part of the intentional plan? If the house gets paid off, woo, free and clear.
1: I know that uh, there are some healthy skeptics probably listening to the show now that say, Well, you guys are gonna always say plan because that's your business. That's what you do. Well, I want to back that up a little bit with some independent research. Fidelity Investments did a study, uh, and they 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 studied average returns of investors in 401k plans who stayed fully invested and compared their actual returns to investors who sold and moved to cash during a market downturn in 2008 through 2009. The investors who stayed the course and stayed fully invested through June 30th, 2011, were rewarded with a 50% return. Investors that moved to cash between October 1, 2008 and March thirtieth two 2009 ended up with only a 2% return as of June thirtieth two 2011. This according to that Fidelity Research. 50%? 2%.
5: That's a huge difference.
1: It's, it's very easy. It's yeah. very easy to understand. And the reason that you would stay put, the reason that you would stay the course in any situation is that you've got some certainty about it. You've got some comfort or peace about it because you actually put together a plan and you actually anticipated market downturns. Charlie, we anticipate things like that all the time when we build a plan. Building a plan is really, uh, I think, sleep insurance to a great degree.
4: Right, right. And what you said a minute ago about staying invested, that just validates another statistic on that Dave Ramsey study I was reading. It was talking about uh, people investing in their 401k. And out of those millionaires, eight out of 10 individuals reached millionaire status by investing in their 401k. And the average duration was 28 years of uh, constant investment, not selling, not constantly trading back and forth, investing over the long term and staying invested.
1: Janet just went on a... Almost a three week vacation, just, to, uh, you got and back. there.
5: was a college visit and then a couple okay. of weeks of couple vacation. Of, couple of yeah. weeks of vacation.
1: <laughs> but, but you were gone for a good extended period yeah. of time. I will be willing to bet you spent probably what? A couple of
5: weeks off and on planning that trip? Well, normally, yes. This one was pretty simple. We had some life changes going on this year, and we simplified this one. But normally, yes, that would be the case.
1: You need to spend that kind of time planning your retirement. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment.
0: Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more.
1: We are studying the five traits of wealth building. How do you build wealth? How do you get to that spot where you go, okay, I think I'm going to be all right. Well, there's some very ordered steps to that. And and number one that we've been talking about on the show is healthy skepticism. We believe you've got to have a good dose of healthy skeptic in you to be able to analyze what you're doing. Secondly, you've got to kind of get away from the status and the self-worth thing. You've got to have some indifference to all that. And third, you've got to have patience. Those are the three that we've already covered on the show. Now, on our last segment of the show, Janet, I want to get to an area where we all struggle with, <laughs> and that's humility.
5: We struggle with it from time to time, but I bet you there are other places where you don't. And, and this is the, the concept that investors who know that they aren't experts in investing – Are willing to seek outside counsel, and they are rewarded for that when they do it. Let me give an example in in a different area of life. uh, My son is beginning to look at at colleges and determining where to go, and he is working with a lady uh, through Class One Hundred One, and basically the whole deal is getting him ready for college, helping with scholarships and helping him make the decision about where to go, and all of those things. And we were talking last night; she had told us that she would be willing to go on a college visit. And she's offered that to everybody who, who goes through this program and nobody yet has taken her up on it. And I just told the family last night, I said, we're not quite there yet, but when we narrow this down, we're doing that. And, and my next line was, because I believe in the power of experts and she knows more about this than I do. So we're going to rely on her for that.
1: Chad, you've heard this before around the office. I'm a huge uh, old Clint Eastwood movie fan. Uh, the old Dirty Harry movies. Love them. I, I always uh, enjoyed watching uh, Dirty Harry and, and his you know exploits uh, against crime and criminals. And he had a famous line in one of those movies. After he shot a guy, he's standing over the guy and he goes, a man's got to know his limitations. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I think that's absolutely true. I, I think that all of us, have got to understand where the lines drawn, and where we're no longer the expert. And I have said to clients before: Look, just because you were smart enough to make all this money doesn't necessarily mean you're gifted at
3: managing it. Yeah, and and humility is a tough thing, especially you know when when you've. Done some of this wealth building on your own. Right. And then you go out and you say, Hey, I'm going to turn this over to someone else, or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, seek advice, but I've already done this on my own. And the, the great, the picture I like to see is, you know, Charlie, you grew up playing sports and, and very successful. I I think the, the picture that shows this is basically when you have a very talented athlete, uh, you know, like yourself, how many times did you rely on a coach? to get you through even some of those times when you're successful, winning, doing those things if you're you know uh, as you're advancing, how many times did you go back and rely on a coach to make you better?
4: right If nothing else just to be that partner to come, come alongside you and help guide you through the process definitely.
1: And I think that, that being coachable, uh, yeah. that is, yeah. that's how you define that humility. Humility isn't walking through the door with your head tucked down and going, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't know anything. It's going, Hey, look, I, I can be coachable. Tell me what I need to do. Right. Now, obviously you have to have wisdom in seeking out the right coach. I sure. think that that they just because somebody puts coach on their name doesn't necessarily mean that they're a great coach. I mean, we've seen that at the University of Arkansas here <laughs> Let's lately. Let's not you know? go there. <laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll just keep right on moving. But but uh, you know, I think we've got a good coach now, and you see a lot yeah. of players flocking to the university now because they feel like they've got the, they they've done the due diligence, they've got the confidence in the coach, and you've got to have confidence in your coach, and then let your coach be the coach.
5: You know, I, I think it goes again it goes back to that plan and you know just like the the coach puts together a game plan for you to play the game you need a game plan for you to go through this investment process and get ready for retirement and then get through retirement and if that game plan makes sense you're going to know it you know when the game plan is laid out you're going to go oh yeah you know what we hadn't really thought about what we need to do in the next 10 years to pay off that house but it makes sense. Let's do it. Okay. Charlie. Yeah.
4: And going back to sports, it's the same thing. Where do you want to get, do you want to play college ball? Do you want to be a coach one day? What, where do you want to be in 10 years? And then how do we get there? It's the same thing with the planning process. We're going to plan this thing out. I'm going to explain to you the plan. And now we're going to talk about the specifics on how we're going to get there.
1: Absolutely. Let's move on to item number five before we run out of time on the show, risk-taking you've got to understand that there is an element of risk in almost everything that you do. And Charlie, successful investors don't shy from risk when they're trying to attain their goals.
4: Right. They understand it. They don't shy from it, but they they get it and they understand that there's a possibility that this investment has some risk no matter what it is. If it's a bank CD, if it's, you know, the the risk of of, uh, losing purchasing power over time or Interest rate changes in bonds—it's—it's it's, there's a risk somewhere there.
5: Guys, I have never understood risk before as well as I will this summer. My son is 16, and Holy he's going, yeah, oh, no. and he's and he's going to be driving by himself. But but seriously, I mean, we Warning all joke about all that. to all Central Arkansas <laughs> drivers. No kidding, he's not quite there yet, but he will be this summer. And seriously, though, think about it. If you as a parent. Do not at some point take the risk of letting your kids sit behind the wheel by themselves and go do this thing that we call driving. Then they never grow up and leave the house. They never are able to get a job where they can drive themselves back and forth to work. They don't become independent. There's a consequence to your fear, not allowing them to take that risk, right? The right. same is true in investing. It's not as easy to see, but if you don't take that risk, there's no reward on the other side of it either. I
1: think you have to take appropriate risk.
5: Yes. You know, I'm not a person
1: that wants to go out and skydive. No one jumps out of a perfectly good airplane. I just don't think <laughs> that, no sane person jumps out of a perfectly good airplane. I don't take that risk, right. but I will take some. Some risk to actually get some benefits. So let's apply that to the financial planning process that we've got here at Gen Wealth. We call the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. We employ a bucketing strategy to help mitigate risk. So let's t- think about the different risks that are out there. The risk of inflation is a long term risk. So when you have risk in a CD, inflation risk in a CD, then you don't use it as a long term instrument because right. it exposes you to that long term inflation risk that that instrument is not able to overcome. You use fixed income investments like CDs and bonds and things of that nature in short term investments. Yes. Conversely, equities are very risky in the short term. The market can go up or down two, three, 4% in a day. So you've got to understand that it is a daily risk with, with equities, but the longer you hold an equity, studies show that, that, history shows actually, that the longer you hold an equity, the higher the percentages of a rate of return, a positive rate of return. There's never been a 15-year period of time in the stock market where you've ever had a negative rate of return. There's only been one 10-year time period in the recent history that the market has ever been down over a 10-year period of time. The longer you hold it, the better off you are. So you employ those different investments in different segments or tranches of, of time so you can uh, appropriately allocate that risk.
5: And you know, our plan is uh, for the most part built on a worst case scenario. Like for example, in the 25 year segment, uh, it's built on 8%. Well, the reason it is, is the worst 25 year time period the market has ever had was 7.94%. rounded up slightly for an even number and you get eight. That's what the plan is built on. So, not that it couldn't be worse. We understand that it could be, but that's how we've put together that plan. So we're not talking pie in the sky type of numbers, but you have to have something to base your plan on to move forward.
1: And Charlie, I know that we go to a great extent here at Gen Wealth to try to be sure that we've got uh, the best investments that we can find that actually populate those segments that we use in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process.
4: That's exactly right. And a lot of times we're analyzing something that somebody else has already dug into and researched prior to us. So we're vetting what's already been vetting a lot of times. So it just get, puts that extra stamp of approval on it and and helps our clients understand that we're, we're definitely digging into the details and all that.
1: Absolutely. If you are approaching retirement are already in retirement and just not sure about where you're going, you probably ought to pick up the phone today. 501-653-7355. Now if you call this weekend, you're going to get our voicemail. Just leave your name and number on the voicemail, say you'd like to talk to someone about coming in for a visit with a Gen wealth advisor, and then Anna Olive, our client introduction specialist, will reach out to you on Monday, get you set up with the person that uh that can help you and and no matter where you are, if you're in South Arkansas, listing online, if you are here in Central Arkansas, we've got offices, five offices across this region. Yeah ready to help this generation get ready for retirement. We are in Little Rock, Bryant, El Dorado, Hot Springs, and in the Bossier City area of North Louisiana. Yes, we do have an office in Louisiana. A Razorback does have an office in Louisiana. I can't believe it, (laughs) but but we actually do. All you have to do is to call us and say, I am ready to engage in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Your advisor will take you through that process. It is a comprehensive process. I mentioned Janet's uh, preparation for her long vacation. Right. We guarantee you that it will take less time than Janet spent on her vacation to get ready for your retirement. So all you have to do is pick up the phone give us a call. 501-653-7355. If you don't understand your own human nature, you can become your own own worst enemy and sabotage your financial goals it doesn't it make sense to have a coach to come alongside you and engage with you in that Janet, Social Security is part of that. We've got those Social Security workshops coming up. Everybody wants to check our website to find out about those.
5: Absolutely. Check us out at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. Check out the events information there. We will be in Conway and in Little Rock and in El Dorado. Just get the dates and the locations and you can register there as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Charlie, we appreciate you chiming in from South Arkansas today.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
1: And Chad, a pleasure to have you on the show. Scott Inman will be back next week on the Get Ready for the Future show, and the gang will all be here to help you understand more about your retirements, your investments, and your money. For the entire Gen Wealth team, I'm John Shrewsbury. Have a great weekend.
2: PC.